Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Moletsky. <laughs> Thank you, legit, for joining us today. Yeah, our mission is living and learning, laughing and loving together with you. We're here to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. Yeah, and on that journey, we often talk about plant medicines, psychedelics, and other avenues of healing. When we do, we are sharing for informational purposes only. We're not doctors or therapists, and we don't promote doing anything illegal. Inside us all, we have a deep, powerful knowing. We encourage curiosity, healing, and exploration of this consciousness. Damn straight. Together, our handle is trustthejourney.today. Individually, you can find her at melaniecurtis.com and me at jasonmoledsky.com. Thank you all again so much for being with us. On to the show. Welcome to Trust the Journey. Uh, today, I want to start off with a little disclaimer. I'm going to talk about some things during this episode that are some very sensitive topics. And I wanted to make sure that we inform our audience before we get started, um, in case uh, it's a trigger warning for anybody who may have had similar experiences in their life. And uh, yeah, so I got to start with that. So, Taking a big, deep breath, beautiful breath, allowing us to step into this space of sharing so today, Fam Jay is going to be sharing about his healing journey and walking the path with ayahuasca. And, you know, we're going to just give, I'm just going to give you space to share. And if curiosity comes up for me, if something pings, I'll ask about it. But I really am here to hold space for you, my friend. And I know that even without hearing anything yet, what you're, you know, I know that whatever you're about to share is going to be beautiful and of such high service to everyone listening. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I've been sitting with this for a couple months now since the, the last time that I was in ceremony was a couple months ago. And just to put some backstory in place for the listeners, for the audience, I started my intentional, focused, thoughtful, journey into myself about seven years ago. That was the time where my decision, like a really conscious decision to start looking deep inside myself and asking the deeper, harder questions about what was driving my behaviors and where the roots of my challenges and myself really were and where they are and where they've been buried at taking that deep, long look inward. And I have to give credit where credit's due. I've had some wonderful people show up in my life and take me by the hand and help guide me down the path to healing. Thank God for those, those people. Come, <laughs> yes. Thank you to my, my dearest loving friends and family who yeah. have been those people. And I know we all need those people, right? And we all need to be those people for each other. And it's such a blessing. It's such a gift to both receive that loving kindness, that warmth that says, here, just take my hand. Here, let me help. Here, let me hold you. What are you feeling? 
and also when it's our turn to reach out our hand and extend it to somebody else and, and help them along their path. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, around 2017, I started really having some deep, deep challenges with drug addiction. And cocaine was really, really starting to grab a hold of me in a very scary way. You know, I've struggled with addiction my entire life, right? And this is something that I've come to realize in the recent years is I started medicating as a child. I was not even a teenager yet when I started reaching for substances in order to subdue my emotional state. And I didn't even know that I was doing it mm -hmm. at the time, like most of us, yeah, right? Sure. Most of us, when we dive into some form of addictive behaviors, their attempt is to fill or mask or some kind of a need, some kind of a feeling is, is intense and we, we want to get away from it and we want to subdue it, calm it, nurture it, love it, oh. you know, soften it, right? So I started drinking when I was nine, 10 years old. Okay. Pretty young. Yeah, started sneaking into the alcohol cabinet, started smoking cigarettes, 13 years old, 12, 13 years old. And then, you know, more and more things follow that marijuana followed shortly after cigarettes, probably 13, 14. Got my first encounters with LSD, probably 15 years old, 14, 15 years old. Carrying on to psilocybin, recreational, mm -hmm. and then you name it. I think my first time that I smoked crack cocaine, I was 14. Wow. Right. Wow. It was 14. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, this, this early exposure to these numbing agents in mm -hmm. my life put in place these patterns of addictive behaviors and it has rolled over into, uh, seeking sexual attention. It has rolled over into, uh, needing to feel validated like self-worth of like ego behaviors mm -hmm. and roll over into like my whole competition life of like trying to be a big achiever yep. and, and win things is the same. It's the same, same behavior, right? Of like needing to validate myself somehow through some external source. Um, I smoked cigarettes probably more than 20 years and I smoked marijuana for 15 years from the time I was probably 12, no, like 13 or 14 years old until I was 30, I was high. Well, consistently, right? Like I never wasn't high. And I can think of how many of my friends who are the same. Yeah. Right. Like how many people in my social group or in the cultures that I lived in were the same? Like, man, tons of people just were just constantly high. So many humans, avoid... so many humans yeah. hurting hurting yeah. masking and yeah, yeah. needing to soothe yeah yeah so it's not that uncom uncommon right it's a pretty typical behavior where we look at our culture we look around and we're like yeah we're all doing this in some way or another 
trying to manage an emotional experience that we don't have the skill set to manage. Correct. Right. We haven't we haven't been taught or haven't learned the skill set, or maybe we're not even aware that we're emotionally challenged and that we lack a skill set to manage the emotion and we're just in a fight or flight kind of response and looking for some you know whatever the shortest route to managing that is yeah for me at that time i mean smoking marijuana when i was younger was like that was an out that was like oof, okay i can get away from this terrifying feeling that i'm stuck in right through the use of that mm -hmm. that medicine right and it's all medicine you know I was so fortunate at 21 years old to start skydiving because skydiving medicine was a gift yeah. from God. Yep. Right? It was a gift because what it did was it took me out of my past, it took me out of my trauma, and it brought me into my now, my present moment, and it made me forget about what has happened and it made me not worry about what's in the future. And it made me be right here mm -hmm. now. Yeah. It's the classic Ram Dass crow. Yeah. Be here now. Be here now. Yep. So there's something about these, you know, uh, high risk sports activities, yeah. anything where we're forced to be present that is this gift of uh, mindfulness. Like, where is my mind right now? If my mind is spinning around somewhere else, thinking about something else, I'm going to put myself in danger. Yeah, Stephen Kotler so, writes a lot about this, about high-risk activities and flow state. People want to learn more about that. Look up his stuff. It's it's very informative, especially if, if you are resonating with or you identify with this similar thing, if you're a skydiver or not, but really... Yeah, Jay, go on. Will you put a note in the show notes? I will. I'd love to look that up myself. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, so there, there's this, I, you know, I talked to my best friend Jamie about um, base medicine, well, sky medicine, because he's he's the one who led my hand, took my hand on the ayahuasca journey, right? And was like, hey, I, I really think this is this would be good for you. And we both have these really intense and powerful careers and journeys in skydiving and base jumping. And these high-risk sports have this really powerful, powerful energy to be able to quiet the noise and really bring in the focus to now. And there's this presence there's the the reason why base jumping or skydiving these high-risk activities feels so good it's not only because of the spike of dopamine or adrenaline that comes along with it it is this ability to depart from the pain that is like a it's like tinnitus yep right or tinnitus yes right it's mm -hmm. just going on all the time and we're unconscious to it but there's a ringing in our ears that just won't go away and we have become so accustomed to it that we don't even hear it anymore but it's causing a state of continual stress all the time 
and we're in a constant state of fight or flight stress response to that trauma as a default mode. Correct. Right. And these high, you know, high risk activities, they calm that quiet, that noise enough for there to be a moment of solstice. Yeah. For there to be a, just a pause in that background noise. Mm -hmm. You know? So I wanted to start off this episode in talking about to like this, these underlying tones, it's like where the background is, because there's no point in jumping right into, let me tell you about my latest trip report. Right. You know? Right. Because for one thing, who cares? Guy goes off, gets high, has an insight. Okay. Cool. Good job. Good job. Nice. Right. Whatever. Right. It, that's not the point. The point is that in some way we're all living with these same sets of actions occurring to us. There's some background noise, some background radiation occurring for all of us at whatever level and whatever intensity it is. And in some way, we're all using some actions to mediate or mitigate that background yep. noise in order to be able to function in our day-to-day -day lives. And that's working really well for some, moderate for others, and not at all or very poorly for, for others. And I put myself in that group of others because this journey, I mean, I'm going to draw a line here with my hand for those of you who are listening, this healing journey, it looks like a sine wave. Yeah. Right? Like there are... <laughs> Up and down, up and down, up and down. I've got up it. And down. Only to proceed the next low. <laughs> it's so true. Yesterday, oh. I was at like a peak high, right? <laughs> I came out of yoga class huh? and I was like, man, that, that class was awesome. I feel fantastic right now. 30 minutes later, I, I could have been in like de depression. <laughs> Crushing you know? this life thing. Go me. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, I'm human. Oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> the the joke so, and all the, me so, the memes about the yeah. healing journey. It's just like, oh, yeah. my goodness. So I wanted to just put some of the background in place. Yeah. For, to like, you know, to set a stage. And skydiving was that for me, rough... too, just to, to yeah. just share that parallel. Please. <clears throat> parallel experience, just very much i've described it it this way many times on the multitude of non-trust the journey shows how i was this very anxious young person and how skydiving gave me a lane to releasing myself from that even though i did not as an 18 year old person understand what i was dealing with with skydiving i had no clue about healing at that point yada 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 but the point is, is that it was that potent for me to release me from that anxiety, that constant, you know, tinnitus or however you say that word, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm with you. So I imagine a lot of people will both, relate, will relate to that. Both tinnitus and tinnitus are the correct pronunciation. Mm. By the oh, way. cool. Yeah. I didn't even know. I was like, yeah. So, I mean, just like, yeah, like you said there, this guy, like, we don't even know we're in our journey yeah. and we don't even know. Yeah. Right. And so I, I feel like that's the case for so many of us is that we're all, we're, we're doing our best to survive and we're not even aware of the stress that we're under 
and we're just, you know, we're treading water and yeah. we're swimming towards wherever our destination is, but we're just not aware of how much work we're actually doing the whole yeah, time. Correct. To, you know, keep in a state of homeostasis, right? Yep. Which is fluctuating constantly. It's never stasis, you know? Yeah. It's, at times we're drowning and at times we're, you know, walking on water. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Back and forth. So and, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm going to fast forward again. All right. In between that, like early troubled youth and learning to skydive and getting involved in all this, you know, substance abuse and finding my way to a path, right? Like I found systems and processes that would really serve me to feel good and whole and happy. Right. So training to be a competitive athlete, Although it was a function of my ego in a lot of ways, it was still a very healthy medicine. Yep. Right? There's nothing better than feeling motivated and value and purpose and goal and vision and all that. I get, get out of bed in the morning caring about, excited about what I'm about to go do. And I can't go to sleep at night because I'm so excited about the next day. Yeah. And fuck yeah about having a life that I care about, regardless of if it's the dumbest thing in the world or not. Yep. Yep. Right? Totally. I care about it. That's all that matters. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, so fast forwarding a bunch of years, I'd come to this point of realizing um, back in 2017 that the monkey on my back, these substance abuse issues are really coming to the surface again where they had been subdued for decades and lingering in the background because I had found these other systems to feel fulfilled and to feel present moment to be current in where I am using sky medicine, base medicine whatever exciting activity whether I'm surfing or climbing mountains or whatever I'm filling my days with something to help me be present and although this is a powerful spiritual tool and i highly recommend engaging in these kinds of endeavors for ourselves anything that's flow it's still not healing so there's a big difference yep. between having a tool which i can use to escape from that tinnitus, that that background radiation yep. of trauma, and actually doing the healing work to remove quiet and subdue that noise so it's no longer there. Okay. So I am still currently doing both of these actions, right? I go out and I hike and I fly and I paraglide and I do all these things, and they are tools which I use to moderate keep my physical body in that homeostasis place where yep. I can actually be mentally healthy enough to show up to the work. Listen. To take small bites of my healing journey because I'm going to have to chew that like gnarly chunk of steak, like that piece that just won't chew. Yes. I'm going to have to chew it and figure it out on my own. Yeah. Because nobody else is going to do it and yeah. nobody else can. Nobody else can. But I'm not mm -hmm. going to get, I'm not going to get through that bite 
unless I've like prepared myself and done true. some of the bunch of the other work, right? Can true. Oh, so I'm typically going for a ceremony about once a year, right? For the last seven years, that's been the case. And the reason why it's at that kind of a cadence is, first of all, I follow my body's natural rhythm of like when I feel called mm -hmm. to go do it. And then the universe also just steps in and is like, yeah, now's a good time. Now's a good time. And it takes a year of integration and process yeah. to take the lessons from the last journey and make them be part of my life Yep, and actually start to make the changes in the behaviors allow for the feelings to be felt to move forward integrate practice learning to talk about them share about them developing skills yep. training skills emotional skills yep right it takes time you so I've been working on this substance abuse issues for some time and being clear with my audience here and being vulnerable and transparent and authentic, just like our goals and values and yeah. what we care about. I came out to my family years ago where it's like, hey, I need some help here, right? I'm having issues with substance abuse and I don't know what the cause is. Right. Right. I don't know what's underneath. I don't know what's driving this. I just know that I'm starting to have problems and I don't understand them and I need help. So step number one, acknowledging, asking for help, putting together a group of people that I trust that I can lean on and start asking for direction and checking in and, and being authentic to and not hiding anything from, and then seeking professional help and getting therapists and counselors and working that path. So all hand in hand and then going to the medicine as well. So why am I taking the time to separate these elements? Because they don't happen, but like just asking for help isn't going to do the work. Yeah. Just getting therapy and not setting up systems and being authentic with my friends and family yep. is not going to be enough yep. on its own. And just reaching for a magic pill and going like, hey, I want to just you know, figure this out by taking this you know, substance. This thing also just isn't going to work on its own. It's got to be this systemic approach yep. to where we are a systemic being, right? Like our intellect is not separate from our body. Our soul, our mind, our body, and our soul are all connected. Yeah. And they all work together, you know? So I think you could probably hear my voice that there's a lot of like emotional energy yeah. around sharing on this and talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's been, it, it's, it's, I mean, to say it's been terrifying. I'm sure it has. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's been terrifying to be a mature adult man and feel as though I don't know what's going on yeah. with myself. Yeah. I don't always have control of myself and the feelings that have come up in association with trying to work on healing these traumas have been terrifying 
scary feeling. Absolutely. To, that I do, do not and have not had the skill set or the emotional skills developed, emotional muscle was not there to manage the intensity of the emotions connected to the traumas that I'm uncovering. Mm-hmm. Right? So I started the episode off with trigger warning. And since I'm getting to the point of uncovering traumas, when I was about six years old, I was involved in an assault and I was violently physically beaten and sexually assaulted by a stranger, by a male stranger, somebody who was put in my care, but not somebody that I knew well. And I don't really have any um, clear or processable memories of any of that trauma. I don't remember. Maybe there's like a sensation of like terror. Yeah. But I don't, I can't recall any of it. I do recall uh, after this assault, I do recall police. When the police came to the house, I do recall when there I have the I have photographs from that were taken to file police reports of me all bruised and battered wow. as a young boy. Me. And I recently found them. Spent some time with those pictures. Wow. And I do recall going to a psychiatrist being put in therapy as a child after this as like a way to help try to process whatever had happened. And I do recall how ineffective it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do remember being completely at odds with the psychiatrist and not have not, not knowing why the fuck I was there or what was going on. And I do recall my school, my, my life, and my school taking a swerve, a very dramatic swerve and acting out at school, running away, getting very, becoming very confrontational, yeah. starting to not fit in with regular, you know, normal kids kind yeah. of thing yeah. and getting taken out of classes and put into special ed classes. And if I recall the, like, the after effects yep. of this incident and how it changed the course of my life. And so that was that was when I was around six years old. And there to to continue on this terrifying journey as a child, there was a second incident that occurred when I was probably seven or eight with another caretaker. Wow. And then around nine or 10, a third time, there was another incident. So this was like babysitter, stepbrother kind of circumstances. But these are all 
really confusing and challenging experiences yeah. for a child, you know, six, to, not maybe between six and 10 years old, multiple sexual assaults. Yeah. Physical assault, violent incidents. Mm-hmm. And this whole topic, right? So even getting this out of my mouth is like a really, it's taken me some time. It's okay. It's taken me yeah. a really long time to get to the point to be able to even speak these words. I get it. Yeah. Um, the, a while ago, a while ago I had a, uh, what do you call this? A, um, relapse where I've been, been sober and clean and taken really good care of myself. And then I found myself in a substance abuse behavior again, where I've suddenly had this like impulsive, unchecked behavior of like reaching for tr- drugs and looking to just escape somehow. Yeah. And it's really been a challenge on my mental health mm-hmm. over the last number of years to try to understand like where these root causes have been coming from and why the behaviors exist at all, where they're coming from, why they exist, and then trying to mitigate, manage, you know, cut, how, you know, moderate, recognize, identify triggers, develop the skills in order to, you know, manage and mediate these, these feelings and where they come from. And a while ago I had this, uh, relapse and as I was gaining clarity from that experience, I sat down on my computer and I typed in Google search, Google search. Yeah. I typed in Google search. What causes these types of behaviors? Yes. Because I'm curious mm-hmm. to my own understanding of self. Yes. Right? I'm like, I don't understand or know what is going on with me and where it's coming from. And so I typed it in. I said, Google, tell me what causes these kinds of behaviors. And Google said, adults expressing these types of behaviors have likely had these types of traumas occur in early life. And there was a short list. Yep. And I read the list and I closed my eyes and hung my head down and thought about what I just told you about. Yeah. Because I hadn't thought about those things since I'd been an adult. Yeah. In a way, I hadn't thought about them in a way where I had actually given them any credit for being able to affect who I am right. as an adult. Right. Like that, right. like there's no way that could have as much power. There's no way it, that yeah. could be behind the power, the intensity of these impulses, this this pain that I'm experiencing now as an adult. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, I knew and I have, you know, thought of, spoken about, mm-hmm. you know, it's there. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, I was beaten as a kid or yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I was exalted as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. but there, I never drew like a hard thick line yeah. you know like when the detective has got the 
victim of a crime over here and then, and then the possible yep. you know uh, perpetrators over here and they take that marker and go and they draw the hard connection yep. in a lot they're like this offender caused this action right you know that kind of that kind of um, clarity of cause and effect had never really been there for me yeah until that moment where I typed in the Google search and it literally there was like b- three bullet points like sexual assault in early life, violent assault in early life. Yep. And I and I thought, fuck, fuck. Mm-hmm. This is it. Like this is where these very deeply buried fears and pains are residing within myself. And I didn't even know they're there for one thing. So when this goes back to this other piece is like when they would trigger when something would trigger them i don't even recognize it as a trigger yep. i don't even recognize them in a re- trauma response mode i don't recognize that i'm in fight or flight yep none of that is ha- at a conscious level it's, it's completely unconscious yep. right it's very yeah it's subconscious is just doing all the work there so first stage Right, recognizing there it is. This is the likely perpetrator in the offense here is these early childhood traumas. So, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. And thank Not you. Not surprising as I start to talk about and thank you for getting sharing. ready to go to ayahuasca. Yeah, and I'm serious. I start getting a bubble belly. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> That's a whole different part of the conversation, of course. Yeah. But yeah, yeah seriously though, Jay, before we even go on, just thank you for sharing. I mean, like the amount of people that share similar experiences is huge. It's a huge number. And so you're sharing. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's all you're I'm welcome. saying. Love you. You know, if there's one thing I am and it's it's fucking courageous and brave. Absolutely. Uh, I know that. Yep. I know that. I've learned, I have trained myself to be courageous, yep. to be brave, <laughs> to stand on the edge of the top of a mountain I and fucking <laughs> recognize that this is, I have nothing to fear here. Is it? I'm going to, I I don't know how many years I have left, but it's not that many. Okay. Yeah. And who gives a fuck what anybody thinks about uh-huh. what I have to say? What matters is how I feel about my journey while I'm on it. Absolutely. I'm here doing me the best that I possibly can. And fuck it. I'm going to be brave and courageous and just talk about the journey that I've actually been on. Yeah. You the know? actual. It's the real thing. The real thing. The yep. actual thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the actual one. Who knew? Right? The one where the little kid has this really rough journey. It, Ends up scared and not having systems and yeah, you know, yeah, skills and yeah, fuck it, mm-hmm. real deal. That was good. Yep. Well, fortunately, the real deal is amazing. People have come along and helped me by the hand and been there for on the other side of the phone and you know, been loving family and friends and. Yeah, so the last time I, when I, I knew, I knew as soon as I had a moment to, you know, I, I sat with those Google search results. I called Jamie hey. and I'm like, Hey, 
I think I figured something out. I think I figured out what's at the root of this behavior that I haven't been able to understand for some time. And he messaged me back with the, like, you're on the right fucking track. Yeah. You're doing it, you know? And, and just this powerful support system, which I am so grateful for, is my brother in arms. And so I started digging into it and I went down two paths because I knew that the, there needs to be balance in the system. And I immediately started seeking out a parts work, IFS, internal family systems therapist to start working on these specific targeted traumas. You know, I said, I'm going to find a therapist who knows how to do this work. And I'm going to go there and just be authentic and say, Hey, this is what I'm recognizing is happening. I've got substance abuse issues that are coming up in these very fight or flight type ways. And then there's these really confusing behaviors that come along with them. And then there's this early childhood traumas that I believe are the causation and connected. And we need to get to the root of acknowledging all of the parts of self that are involved in that story and giving each of them the space to be heard and felt and acknowledged and respected and loved yep. for, for each of their roles on that journey, right? So my system developed very powerful protectors and very powerful managers to guard that little boy yep. who did not have ways to do that for himself. Correct. Right? Yep. And so this guy has some real big plates of armor to help him get through that rough world because what do you know what's out there a lot of hard shit yeah right there's a lot of hard tough stuff out there to figure out okay so i started the ifs path and started going with consistency whenever i find myself in like a breakthrough i'm like i'm just going to attack this and i'm going weekly yeah i'm not going to go once a month i'm going to hit this weekly on the head, drive that nail home so I can actually get some integration of like really making it part of who I am. And this conversation is an example of that. Yep, correct. You know, yep, yep. Sometime later, I'm able to talk it, talk about it with not only my trusted friend, but yeah. it open to an audience and share to an audience yeah. and say, look, this is what's been happening. It's like uh, Glennon Doyle, her line that is, we share from the scar, not the wound, right? When we're still in that very vulnerable, tender place. Exactly. Not to say that yeah. healing is ever done or anything like that, but we know when we're healed enough from what we've done such that we can share and not be at risk. Our emotional risk is is now low because of the healing work that we've done. So sharing from that that, wo that wound is like, we're still at emotional risk that so putting it out publicly would be too too scary, too risky for anyone in in your kind of shoes to share. I've been there myself where I'm like, I'm not ready to to share this on the show, you know, and uh, maybe yeah. I will yeah. and we'll see. And that's happened a multitude of times over the years for us where I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. you know and I I, I honor yeah. that. I honor you giving yourself that that space and time to process as well as bringing it here to share. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you're receiving value from this episode, we would love it if you would show your support for the show by subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts 
and follow us on Instagram. You can click the like button, leave us a comment, or share the podcast with somebody directly. Every month, we host integration coaching circles. These are safely held spaces for those looking to heal, grow, and connect in community. They are beautiful, alive. So much good work is happening. You are invited to join us. Go to trustthejourney.today slash integration. You can join the Trust the Journey family, which includes these integration coaching circles and our private Facebook group where we connect and support each other. Sign up by going to our website, trustthejourney.today, obviously, and (laughs) click on the orange Patreon button. Now, it's your support and engagement that make the show possible. We love connecting with you. So feel free to DM us anytime on Instagram with your thoughts at trustthejourney.today. And now I'm back to our regularly scheduled programming. So I want to get into some of the, you know, not really a trip report. It's some of the kind of context around my, my last three day ayahuasca journey. And so this is 18, 19, 20 times having sat with ayahuasca so getting some legs right starting to know how to navigate already have a lifetime of psychonaut exploration into psychedelics and feeling pretty comfortable navigating the psychedelic experience so sitting into these uh sitting into these more recent ceremonies the the piece for me that is really becoming more evident is knowing how to swim, right? I'm not treading water in the experience anymore. I'm going into it full on. No, not, um, I'm not doing the backstroke Mm -hmm. to say that. Yeah. This is not the lazy day in the pool, just enjoying a backstroke in the psychedelic experience. (laughs) Right. 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 It is still swimming in open water. This is like open water, adult swim, you know, channel crossing kind of swimming, not lounging about in the pool on a nice day. But that said, I'm prepared, right? The work that I've done throughout my life to become who I am today with the skills that I've trained and developed have served me very well in these dives into self. And I... I shared with some of my fellow uh, men and women in this circle that uh, my name Jason. Jason, the name Jason means healer. Mm. And I've spent most of my life in the warrior archetype. Right. The healer hasn't been anywhere present and somewhere in the background acknowledged. And there's been a steady transition over the last half a dozen years from warrior to healer yeah. inside of my own personal journey. No longer fighting with myself and fighting myself. Yes. But I am healing, healing myself, you know? I mean, I would literally take myself to war against myself and battle myself on a daily basis, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. just to feel some sense of safety. Yeah. How fucked up is that? I love that. <laughs> I love that part too. 
that part's welcome <sighs> welcome at the table and he can he can yeah. have a break now he can set his shield down and have a bite to eat exactly yeah exactly and i will put right? parts work and ifs internal family systems in the show notes as well for everyone listening those will be in there so that's a that's exactly it right like the this warrior archetype who's been doing a great fucking job of keeping jay alive for this journey has shown up for for me for him for in such beautiful ways to become this powerful warrior right and also it's not the best at being sensitive, <laughs> right? He's not the best at healing, and oh, right. he's more causing Soft, wounds softening. than healing wounds. <laughs> right? Yeah, softening. Right? <laughs> Tends to cause wounds. <laughs> <laughs> Tends to cause. Sounds True. funny. I mean, you, Sounds. You got the sword, right? You know that sword's sharp and dangerous. <laughs> You're probably going to get yourself with it at some point. Yep, you know, yep. like yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. As I sat in the circle and I acknowledged that there needs to be this change within my own personal archetype from warrior to healer to allow my true being to come forward and to sit at the table and to be healed, that this this warrior has to sit down and be willing to, you know, yeah. not be the lead at this in this round table. Yeah, you know, each each of the members of the round table should have the ability to step up at any point and share their perspective on Jay's journey. Yeah. So I figured that there's the, the, the skill, the tool that I've learned to employ for myself and to myself when moving towards such a challenging topic as like, okay, how do I even start to address the anger, the fear, the resentment, all these like terribly frustrating feelings around having been assaulted as as a child how do we even sit down to that table yeah right how do we and, and the the skill and tool that i've learned is it's gonna the end i might as well skip right to the end i need to go to forgiveness <laughs> i've got to be willing to forgive every part of myself and any other who's involved in this so that there can be peace <laughs> Right, I'm not going to come to a place of peace until I come to a place of forgiveness. Right, but we're not jumping right to the end of that story. It just doesn't work that way. We don't just go straight to forgiveness from trauma and terror and anger, right, and fear. Right, there is no shortcut from one to the other. We've got to one by one bite off these chunks and chew them up. And swallow them, yeah, and process them, mm -hmm. and shit them out. <laughs> got to, yeah. like, we've got to process them one bite at a time. Yeah. So, as much as I sat down to this ceremony, and made a big note for myself right here in my journal. And if you want to get one of these for yourself, then we'll get them off of our That's right. Shopify store yeah. store yeah. trust the journey journals. Yes, so I love my journal. I take to ayahuasca. Right at the top of the page, it says forgiveness. And it says, forgive myself and forgive my assaulters and forgive those who were there to protect me and weren't able to. Yep. My mother, my father, the people who love and care for me but weren't able to protect me at that time. And there's a big list of all the people in my life that I held some sense of anger or resentment towards for not 
protecting me or taking care of me during these times where I was, you know, challenged. And I have to get to a point of being able to be grateful for the experience. I know. Yeah. How am I going to get to be grateful for this experience? Yep. When I don't even have the, the, the skills to be able to understand or feel or acknowledge or speak about the experience. Totally. You know? So this is a this is a fucking process. Totally. And skipping to that is not necessarily healthy or good. You can't, no. to your point earlier, you cannot skip to that. We can cognitively understand and get that that is the likely healed healing end, but it is not something we can just jump to when we are still in the wounded and just carrying that all that old energy and resentment and anger and all the things yeah yeah you know i I heard a friend say this and i think i brought it up in the past um and it's a statement that i don't agree with Mm -hmm. it says time heals all wounds i believe that given time wounds that we are actively healing will heal but just not attending to them is not going to heal them. Yeah, no right? way. You it's, end up with a... They, they metastasize and they grow. Yeah. The wounds actually grow and get bigger over time if we do not address them and actively make efforts to heal them. Exactly. Exactly. Hence your life experience so, that you're sharing about. So, um, I've... I, I sat into this experience um, with the medicine. There's three nights. The first night I went in, and there was no. It was. It's. It's wonderful the way the medicine works because I ended up in this row with these three, met two other men. So three of us were in a row together, and we were team forgiveness. <laughs> we we shared <laughs> after the first night that we had all sat down to this table, you know, proverbial table together with forgiveness as our, our weapon of choice. Right. And so we, we became this tightly knit group of, of team forgiveness for the rest of the weekend Love it. as a result. And there was actually this interesting intuitive awareness that came. I have, I've had some real, real stigma and, um, What's the word to describe when I'm like repulsed by dogma, right? My involvement with Christianity throughout my early life has had some real, real deep challenge, okay? I was not happy with my spiritual journey as far as my relationship to Christianity in my early upbringing. And what came up during this first night was a recognition of how forgiveness is wielded as a weapon against society by religion. Well, and so religion like keeps the forgiveness, like we have the forgiveness and we can give it to you, but only we can got you it. forgive yourself. And we only doubt dole it out in small amounts well, as we feel is fit and you need to, you know, 
you need to come clean with your sins in order to be given some forgiveness. And it's this, this really like wicked power play in the greater context of self-healing that the ability to heal and the ability to forgive oneself is held empowered by an entity outside of ourself, which is religion rather than our own internal spiritual journey. Which was like, whoo, man, this is some deep, deep stuff. No wonder you deep. were not able to access it. Great to see that yeah. that was in the way of using this amazing tool, this amazing skill of forgiveness. Yeah. Oh, so there was a a couple of powerful entities that came to visit me on my first night and i'm going to tell two short stories and move into some more of the journey yeah uh, one of the things that i've learned in this navigating the psychedelic space is just allowing the medicine to lead just allowing the journey to kind of unfurl itself and, and my shaman, he's got this wonderful way of describing. He's like, yeah, you know, set your intention, decide what it is you're here to work on. And I'm like, yep, got these early childhood assaults that I want to deal with and I want to work on forgiveness and I want to get to gratitude, blah, blah. Great. Cool, Jay. Good idea. <laughs> How are you going to get there? I don't have a fucking clue. Right? <laughs> so what am I going to do? Surrender, surrender. So exa exactly. So I'm going to set the intention to get from where I am to this really beautiful place then I have no roadmap to get right. there from one to the other. And and I'm just going to take that intention and I'm going to eh, throw it behind me and go on the journey. Yeah, yes, you know? and yes. For, kind of try to forget where I'm going. Like, and, and kind of let go of this idea that I'm in control and steering the vehicle down yep. journey's path. Yep. But it's just not like that. Yep. Right? Yep. I've got to hand the universe the handlebars and let the universe drive enough for me to have the experience that's going to help me to learn to crawl to learn to walk to learn to run to learn how to you know to fly right and to be able to navigate this path because it's not going to come in one step it's it's a process it's a journey right this is the whole freaking premise of the show right <laughs> thank you show for existing for us to be able to talk yeah. about it now. Yes, so true. Yeah. So, so, so true. So while navigating this space, I'm d I know I've learned this th this kind of trick for myself, which is, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I'll know it when I find it. Yeah. Right? Yep. I don't know what I'm looking for. And I'm letting the journey unfurl, and suddenly I find this little tiny, tiny guy this little tiny man, he's like a little stick figure and he's buried underneath this mess of overburden, right? He's under this massive overburden and he's this little tiny guy trying to fight this massive overburden and I can see it from an external perspective and I'm like, you know, I have a hope in hell. Like this little dude is not going to have any impact whatsoever. It's like an ant against a mountain right this little guy cannot clear or overpower this overburden he's done for he's just under it period and i'm like oh that's me that's me trying to battle this pain 
in there and he's got no help. And so the feeling that arises in myself, seeing this from an external perspective is one of empathy and recognizing I'm like, that little guy's got no hope, but he is fighting his guts out. He's given everything he can against this mountain that is landsliding on top of him. And he's just going to lose, but he's not, he's just given everything that he has. Yeah. So that was this, that was like my big takeaway from the first night was learning compassion and empathy for the battle that that being was fighting that part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That part of self that was stuck underneath this without a hope in hell about to be buried under the landslide. It was already buried under the landslide. It was just under it. Yeah. And having to be compassionate and forgive and love that little be- version of me for not being able to win against that. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and for just being steamrolled by it. Yeah. There's no hope. Yeah. You know. What was interesting is wrapping up that evening, a entity appeared and I thought, really, this is so fun. If there's anything that I do love that I think is super fun about these psychedelic spiritual plant medicine journeys is the entities that come to visit. And the one that came by shortly after that recognition was this archetype that we're all very familiar with, which is incredibly powerful, which is the archetype of of Zeus. Being this massive warrior, fat muscles, and that overburden against Zeus? No hope. <laughs> Zeus is like flick of the hand. Yeah. Right? Flick of the hand, that overburden is gone. Mm-hmm. And so there's this wonderful place of where it's like maybe that little tiny stick man couldn't fight his way out, but Zeus can just flip his fingers. And knock that whole mountain down. Yeah. Right? And there's this peace that comes from recognition that it's all about perspective. It's all about how we're looking at it and how we're experiencing it. And that we can look at it and really, really come at it from either way. Mm. You know? Beautiful. So, thank you, Zeus. That was very insightful. (laughs) You're a badass. As are you, you little stick figure man. We love you too. <laughs> so is the stick figure, yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. So I'm going to get quickly into the second it's okay. night here. Take your time. I made a big circle around an idea of this. There's this word that I've learned, I've been studying for some years now called Eros, E-R-O-S, Eros. This is the creative force that brings everything into being. This is sexual energy in the divine sense, Mm -hmm. the creative energy that creates all life, right? Our Eros, our power, our divine creative force, the power of God within us, Mm -hmm. right? And I've been studying the teachings uh, uh, Mark Gaffney and how Eros is in exile and how in society and in humanity in our human journey our creative force our divine tantric sexual energy is 
inner exile. It is not being held up as the spiritual, beautiful thing that it is. Mm -hmm. And it is pseudo eros, which is held up as this, like, you know, sex is this thing over here. It's not truly this divine eros that is in place. And there's this pseudo eros holding its place. And I'm like, I want to address this within myself about where, how my own sexual energy has been affected by these assaults and by the societal dogma of what sex is and how sex, you know, is manipulated by society and culture away from what it truly is, mm -hmm. right? If we look at the, the creative force and the beautiful tantric energy that sex truly is versus what it has been downplayed into this smaller menial commodified mm -hmm. yeah commodified mm -hmm. beautiful term mm -hmm. nice beautiful commodity turning a commodity what mm -hmm. the fuck mm -hmm. excuse my language today but this is very expressive <laughs> so there's a lot of energy coming okay so i approve <laughs> i wanted to dive into this internal commodification mm -hmm. of eros yeah. of sex versus eros and find out and just i'm just like i'm just going to open the door to this and i'm going to let the medicine lead right and i found myself in the mouth of a killer whale i was small i was on the tongue small being on the tongue of this giant maw this giant gaping mouth of a killer whale much like in star wars when they're flying yep. out from inside yep. the you know the beasts yeah yeah and the teeth are clamping around it. And the tiny, I mean, the Millennium Falcon, this badass spaceship is like super tiny compared to this big, huge beast, right? Yeah. So it was this very similar scenario. I'm like, I was in these thoughts and all of a sudden I realized I'm in the mouth of this killer whale and the killer whale kind of spits me up in the air like a baby seal, right? And I realized that it's this cosmic killer whale. And I realized that I'm in the energy of this being that is such a powerful being. I mean, what a beast. The killer whale, beast of the deep, this incredible erotic eros of energy, right? And I'm like, first of all, the killer whale does not say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair. It does not apologize <laughs> to anybody, right? Yep. It doesn't apologize for being a killer whale. It doesn't apologize for flinging its baby seal food into the air and tossing around and eating it. It just plays with its food because it likes to. Okay. It doesn't apologize for its sexuality. It doesn't apologize for its fierce, fierce family bond. It's pod. It's nature to be pod, to be family. I mean, if there is a beast that says nothing is more important than family, it is a killer whale. Right? Wow. Just gorgeous. And this, like, coming to this richness of respect, this, this exchange of cosmic ideals, of character, of having the killer whale be like, this is how I view the world. This is how I view life. And getting that firsthand from this beautiful being that's like, I don't apologize for my sexuality. 
I don't apologize for my playfulness. Mm-hmm. I don't apologize for deeply loving those that are close to me and that are important to me and defending them to the death. Right. Right? Yes. Like, ooh, yes. man, I want more of those feelings. Yes. I want more of those experiences where I feel that empowerment of of existence. Yes. Right? That is Eros. That is Eros. That is the... I do not apologize for my beauty and for me being who I am as raw and rough and as refined and beautiful as they may be. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That night was filled with uh, many, many other animals. Wow. Which was something special for me. I have not had a lot of journeys with um, spirit animals, a few here and there. Yeah. But this one was a wash, mm. a wash with animals. And I'm going to edit that down. There's one other piece I want to touch on before I turn to my next page yeah. here. And it was at some point during this evening's experience, I found myself recognizing a portion of myself, a part, a part that was a tyrannical ruler and it was a portion of myself that sat back in kind of a reclined chair cigar between the fingers drink in hand highly egotistical Mm -hmm. tyrannical ruled over kingdom of self in a heavy-handed non-apologetic but not beautiful or erotic right yeah Mm -hmm. in a park in a way that was very the kind of ruler who goes down in history as being unloved Mm -hmm. and who was very mean and tyrannical to their yeah kingdom yeah and it's neat how the medicine gives us these like these deeper perspective be like oh look there's a part of you in there that just like disrespects the beauty and the nature and the self and all these things and just does whatever it feels like and and it's not a loving leader it's not a loving king you know yeah it's a tyrannical leader that ugh, ugh. like perspective yeah yeah i love you part and you are not allowed to lead you are welcome at the table you are welcome to food and kindness, and I'm in charge. <laughs> so you nailed it. Yeah. I remember in this journey of my voice, my internal voice stepping up mm. and saying, hey, you know what? We're going to make some changes right here. <laughs> That's amazing. I have the keys. Oh, yes. Right? I have the keys. I'm in charge. I get to make the changes. I make the decisions. And I can remember like sending out some orders within my internal systems. Love right? it. My, it's my internal family system, but it's, it's in my whole operating system of self and sending out some orders to be like, we're not going to operate that way anymore. We're not going to operate that way anymore. And that's going to change. And this is not our default mechanism. We're now operating like this. Yeah. And I could see the systems within myself kind of second guessing mm. and not going, should we listen to this guy? Cause that's not how we've been doing it for the whole life. <laughs> right. 
right. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> like I'm not sure about this guy. Exactly, this, this like, new guy. Pre- yeah, who, who's who's the new king here? Right? Like, are we really gonna like follow its orders? Because pretty sure we're used to just being heavy handed. You know, <laughs> so funny. And so that's the warrior versus the healer yeah. archetype. Yeah. Right? Like shifting of seats, yep. like shifting of power within the internal self of like yep. systems of power are now shifting and this this part of self is going to step up and say, We're just not going to do that anymore. Yeah. We're not going to allow this as the way we react when this trigger occurs. Yeah. Right. And so this is the beauty of the psychedelic journey for me. Is that the stories, the 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 way that these systems play out within ourselves? It's not a mathematical equation. It's a beautiful, rich, contextual journey. It's a story. There's characters. There's plot lines. There's archetypes. There's set and settings. There's all this like mystical forest and magical mountain, and and it's rich in so much detail and so much context. I love that. Good job. All right. You're doing great. On my last night of this journey, I sat down to the circle after having shared to these to the rest of the group about my first couple nights and feel, feeling very supported by a powerful group of people all on the same page, all holding space for each other, all they're doing their own work, all they're stepping up to bat to swing and hit and to swing and miss. Yeah. Right? And not being afraid to fail and knowing that each other is there to help bookend and shoulder and support one another. So I sat down to this last night and the medicine at first came on kind of quick. And then went away. And I'm going to tell you this. I've been psychonauting for over 35 years. If the medicine feels like it went away, don't take more. Yeah, yeah. It's just taking a little detour for a second to go and see what else is going on. And it's coming back. Trust me. Yeah. It's coming back. (laughs) Right? It's just making a lap to see what needs to be rallied up and reined in before it's actually digging in and kicking it into second gear. Yeah. And I questioned myself. I'm like, oh, it kind of disappeared. I'm like, should I take some more? Do I need more medicine? I'm pretty sure I took enough based on having taken lots of times before. And I'm like, no, just trust it. Just trust it. Just allow. Just allow. Just surrender. Just lay down, breathe, and meditate. Just meditate. Just be present to my own thoughts. I don't need to be aiming for a target. I don't need to be trying to get to my forgiveness or my gratitude. Yep. I don't need to be trying to do anything. Yep. I don't need, I can just be at peace with whatever comes, right? Be here now. And what do you know? Out of the nothingness, out of the everything, rises up this scene. And I come to this corridor, and I find this door. And behind the door, I found one of the most troubling things I've ever Behind that door and down this hallway, I found 
pedophilia with the deep full experience of all pedophilia the greater concept if you were to look up the definition the dictionary and put all context around it that corridor contained that if there's ever been anything that made me want to throw up that was it wow and i upon discovering this my immediate physical body reaction i had been laying quietly on my right side somewhat soft fetal position peacefully meditating allowing the journey to occur i rolled radically hard to my left mm. turned over whistled about fighting with myself mm. and i recognized the physical response like my body is like whoa immediately very upset by this encounter yeah and the training of attending these ceremonies allowed me to actuate the skill of it's okay lean back into it mm-hmm. let it occur and i thought about you mel yeah and i thought these words to myself and i said it's okay I am not afraid of my feeling. Make me cry right now. I rolled back to my right side and I let myself look into that corridor, into that hallway of disgustingness. And what I saw nauseated me deeply. Yeah. Deeply. And every time my would as I allowed myself, force myself to look at it, I force myself. I'm like, no, look at it. Look at this. Yep. And my body would reflex with this jerk of like, no, I don't want to feel this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see this. I don't want to know anything about this. I don't want to talk about this. This isn't allowed here. This is, you know, just force it away. And I found this like table appeared in front of me, like with a a charcuterie tray of any kind of escape you could imagine on it. This table of need. This table was covered in all the hors d'oeuvres you could ever think of. This one was base jumping. This one was cocaine. This one was alcohol. This one was cigarettes. This one was addictive eating. This one was just escaping. This one was anger. There's this plate, right? This plate of like anything you might need. Here you go. Here you go, addict. What do you need right now? What can I soothe your pain with, right? And I looked at that plate of all those numbing agents and all those escape systems. And I said, thank you. I'm here to feel this pain. I'm not afraid my feelings I am going to feel every ounce of disgust Mm -hmm. and every nauseating nauseating energy related to what I am seeing and I'm going to feel it all and so the warrior archetype he showed up for me yeah man he showed up for me in a way where he said we can do this Mm -hmm. and 
as I, this is, God, the medicine is so beautiful. As I made this decision to feel into this pain and this fear, an archetype showed up next to me Mm. to be my wingman, to be my wing woman and there to protect me. And the archetype that showed up was the jaguar, the black jaguar. And she said, if you are going to face this, I'm going to be here with you and we're going to do it together. And if you think about the fierceness of the jaguar, imagine the mother jaguar defending her kitten and how she might be there to defend against this evil of pedophilia. Yeah. And I immediately felt that I had a, a companion in arms that I was backed up by an energy much more powerful than mine. Yeah. I mean, the archetype of the jaguar, we're talking about killer whales, we're talking about jaguars, this beast, this mother, the mother yes. energy of the jaguar that looks you in the eyes like you are not touching my kitten. It's so amazing. I'm like, you I'm like, not. I have tears, like legit. Yeah. Oof, powerful. So I had this ally in this battle. And of course, if you know anything about IAP, the next half an hour or an hour, we're vomiting. You see? It was violently processing outward yep. the feelings associated with those having to face pedophilia mm-hmm. head on. Yep. And literally burping, farting, puking, snotting yep. out all this disgusting, vile energy that's been trapped inside. Amazing. And as I processed this, what rose up from the darkness behind that corridor stopped me in my tracks. And it was Satan. It was Lucifer. And it was the church of Satan rose from the depths, dark blacks and red. And it was the blood sacrifice, the human sacrifice and sexual sacrifice and this ritual ceremonies and this incredibly, I'm going to use these words carefully. This is one of the most powerful entities I've ever energies, entities, experiences. The church of Satan is to be respected. And when I say that, with all due respect, we're talking about the king of darkness. Mm. And what was behind these atrocities was this king of darkness. And it, this encounter brought up this immediate sense of pause within myself and recognizing I'm now face to face with the darkest of darkness. And I immediately knew from my experience moments earlier of my alliance with the Jaguar that I was going to need an ally in this, this, it felt like, um, a martial arts battle was about to ensue. And you have two great warriors stepping up, facing off to each other and recognizing the warrior, see the warrior. Yeah. And that there's going to be outside of the ring, there is going to be this other energy. And I thought there's only one 
it's only one alliance that I need. If I'm facing Satan and the church of Satan is, I'm going to need God on my side. Mm. And immediately, I mean, God's archetype energy appears next to me and is there acknowledging that I will be here for you, mm. but you are fighting this battle. Mm. Right? This is for you to fight. And so that warrior archetype, that part of myself that's been training for this entire life, yeah, healer's here, but yeah. warrior's going to, we, we're doing some work right now. Yeah. Right? Wow. Each of these parts of self has times to step up and say, I got mm -hmm. this one. Yep. Right? Wow. Softness might not be a right approach right now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And this mask appeared looked a lot like a Batman mask in my version of this journey, you know? This mask appeared, and with all reverence, the church of Satan, as far as like architecture, like art, beautifully crafted symphony. It's like music, right? Like death metal is a symphony, Dang. right? Music is beautiful in all of its context, no matter how yep. evil or how pure, beautiful it might, it's all beautiful. It's all perfect. Mm -hmm. And so there's this deep respect within myself that what I'm encountering is so well crafted over such a long time and is there for such a real powerful reason, mm -hmm. right? That it has a role to play in our journey and that it is to be honored and respected for what it is. And with that, as this mask appeared and I allowed it to come onto my face, to be put on my face, this mask immediately allowed me to feel how many men, women, beings have fallen prey to this powerful energy that has sucked them in and that it becomes them. Yeah. And I could feel how that is literally like the experience of Luke and Vader. Yeah. Like this come to the dark side. Right. Come to right. the dark side and feeling it like go through the bloodstream like Neo when it goes when the metal yeah. takes over his whole body. Like just uh, it's becoming. Mm. And it's like a hot, warm heroin running through the mm. veins. And just soothing every pain and every trauma that's ever been with this escape into this soothing, warm bath of, of just luxury of like just lavishing in this. And I could recognize, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get how people fall prey to mm -hmm. this power yep. and how the power becomes them. And that how that turns into this pedophilia and how that turns into this manipulation and how that turns into this narcissist, mm -hmm. how th this turns into all of these atrocious uses of power, Yeah, right? Warlords, right? Yeah. Where this power becomes men, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And how it becomes them. And they recognized and felt it. And when I reached up, took the mask, get peeled it off and said, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Back on the hook. And watch Satan sink down into the darkness behind with all respect. Say, okay, you win today. Yeah. Flora. 
Amazing. Damn. Just beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Just beautiful. I, I mean, the... Not for the light of heart. No, no, no. The the night had many other experiences tied in up in it. But what the, the primary piece of this is this recognition of becoming king of my own dominion and yeah. not being ruled by a tyrannical mm-hmm. dictator. Yep. Who is damaged and wounded and operating out of his wounds. Yep. Yeah. And not being prey to the sensation of I can feel safe and powerful through evil. Mm-hmm. You know? And recognizing that there are these divine erotic Eros energies mm-hmm. of the jaguar, the whale, yeah. of the eagle, who are there always, who are always there waiting to be our allies. Amazing. And all we need to do is step into our power ourselves. And as we make our decision to step into our power, our allies appear next to us. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to call them. Mm-hmm. We step into our power and they are right there because they have yeah our spirit guides our spirit allies wow and i'll just say this the work continues yeah does the fact that i had a big powerful weekend of understanding and growth heal me in an instant it's not does it mean that i've integrated it does not means that I have a bit of a better focal lens on you know myself yeah. and what has brought me to be at this point in my own journey and it means I have a better idea about the path that I wish to walk down and why I take and how I take the steps that I do yeah does it mean that I'm healed I don't know just right it just means that my wound is healing just unbelievable I Go ahead. Thank you. I want to say thank you to those who have held space in these journeys. Mm. And my, my shaman, Kareem, mm. go. And to the medicine. Thank you to the medicine. And I want to say thank you to Mel for holding this space for me to share. I thought a lot about how I wanted to come to this episode. And it's taken some time. And I don't think I could have done this without having a trusted ally to hold an energetically safe space to share into. I love you. Yeah. Me too. Thank you for trusting me. Beautiful. I mean, this is it. This is the work, family. Like what Jay just shared, that's that's what it looks like. That's one example of what it looks like, you know? (laughs) Perfectly timed. I will be going into my next three-day ceremony in less than a week. 
So in the spirit of what we do here, when I'm ready, if I'm ready, I'll share when it's time. But I feel like your share has supported me as my fear and anxiety and, you know, nervousness heading into that depth of work approaches for me. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Mm. Do you have anything else that you would like to share to round this out? I am just, oh, I, this will help so many people. I know, I know I keep saying that and I know I can't know that, but I feel like I know that. And I'm so, I'm so honoring of that. I'll just say that I've had a nauseous feeling in my stomach since before we started recording and Mm -hmm. it's still there. And that tends to be normal. You know, like these are not easy things to talk about. And as I said, I mean, this is many years down the road. Now it's taken me year, layer after layer after layer of getting past my initial resistance. God, I was so resistant in my first ceremonies. I would just, there's no way I was getting to this in round one. Yeah, no. You know, never mind round 10. Right. You know? Right. So it's a process. It's a journey, right? And it's far from over and... It's not easy, but it's worth it. I think that's, that's, if there's anything I'm going to say is it's fucking worth it. I would much rather suffer through refeeling these traumatic events in order to be able to understand and process them so that they no longer rule me and own me. Yes. And I can be in my true beauty and true self unencumbered and unburdened of these freed from these burdens absolutely absolutely the work Ugh. purging freeing yes it's worth it <laughs> It is worth it. Sounds really hard. (laughs) We can do hard things. We can do hard things. Exactly. Another tip of the hat to Glennon Doyle. (laughs) Thanks, Mel. I love you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, seriously, for listening, for spending your valuable, valuable time, energy, and heart with us. Every bit of it makes a difference. Yeah, thank you. We would love it if you could show your support for the show by subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or follow us on Instagram. You can always click the like button, leave us a comment, or share an episode with somebody directly. Like we mentioned, every month we host integration coaching circles. So, so much good work is happening there. You are invited to join us. Go to trustthejourney.today slash integration. The Trust the Journey family includes these integration coaching circles and our private Facebook group where we connect and support each other. Join us by going to our website, trustthejourney.today and click the orange Patreon button. Yeah, thanks. It's your support 
and engagement that make the show possible. Thank you. We're here to connect with you. Feel free to DM us anytime on Instagram. We're at trustthejourney.today. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. <laughs>